Hello, live streamers. Hello, people who are listening to me from your traditional podcasting platforms or maybe over on YouTube. This is Locked On MLB, and we're going to be talking a little bit today about game one of the division series, all four games. One of them had an all time epic ending, one of them was really strange. One of them should give hope to a fan base. And another one is basically looking like the team that just wants to win the World Series. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Look at it right there. That's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade, and I've been now at the Lockdown Podcast Network for four seasons I was there for the Nats winning the World Series in 2019. I was there for COVID. That was a weird year. I was there for last year when Atlanta won. And now I'm for this year where the Dodgers are probably going to win. <laughs> I mean, look, at I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series at the beginning of the year. And I picked them at the beginning of the postseason. And um, I have no reason to think otherwise. But we are going to cover all the games. Thanks so much for making your first listen. As we're able on all your free podcasting platforms. And also here on YouTube, for those of you who are watching me, it is very late on Tuesday night here in the luxurious Locked On MLB studios in Pasadena, California. I'm back here in Los Angeles County. Uh, you can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So, yeah, we this is one of those glorious days we had four playoff games. Now, they're going to be playing games, a little bit playing fast and loose with some of the schedule. Some teams have day off, some are not, but we have four games being played today. I believe they should have been played on Monday. Um, Yes, I know there's some logistics and everything like that, but I think that should be one of the incentives of trying to, you know, clinch a wildcard berth early, try to win the wildcard uh, series early, or to avoid it altogether, is that you would have game three of the wildcard series, and the very next day you have to play the division series. But they didn't do that, and here we are. Now, let's just break down the four games that took place. The first game was the Phillies versus Atlanta, the defending World Series champs. And although, you know, Philadelphia stunned St. Louis, I I, I think I predicted Philadelphia would get swept. And I saw from the beginning, Max Fried did not look good. I could tell he didn't look good. Even though I wasn't watching the game, I was at work. I could tell, uh-oh, uh-oh. The Braves, the defending World Series champion Braves, were down two runs before they even came to bat. And while the Braves made it two to one after two, the Phillies just kept pouring it on. They kept, they kept scoring, you know, run after run. 
Then you had um, Castellanos had one of the games of his life. Gene Segura got a big RBI hit. And by the time the fifth inning rolled around, it was seven to one Philadelphia. And now the the Atlanta Braves chipped away and chipped away, and Olsen wound up hitting a three run home run in the bottom of the ninth to make it a one run game. And when I saw that he hit that three run home run, I felt like, oh, here we go. Maybe the Braves are going to come back and beat the Phillies in their not exactly great bullpen. And there would be sort of a mirror and a parallel to what happened with Seattle coming and beating Toronto while down 8-1 to early. Now, it didn't work out for Atlanta. And Philadelphia won 7-6 in the early game. Max Fried pitching. And the... You know, one of the things that I thought that may give an outside chance to Philadelphia would be if they could steal a win in a game not started by Wheeler or not started by Aaron Nola, then maybe they have a shot. Well, that's exactly what they did. This is a game that uh, Ranger uh, Suarez started. He didn't get out of the fourth. He didn't pitch badly, but the Phillies have those two terrific aces who – stymied St. Louis. And now you know each one of them is going to get a start, and they're already up one nothing. In fact, that start is today, this afternoon. Now, Kyle Wright had a wonderful, wonderful season for Atlanta, but all the pressure in the world is on him. Zach Wheeler, who did a fantastic job against the strong St. Louis lineup, they're going to hand the ball to him and, and inevitably – take him as deep as he possibly can go. This is a calamity. This was a game that should have been the centerpiece of a bingo card for the Atlanta Braves because they had the pitching advantage, certainly over Ranger Suarez and the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. This looked like a gimme. And instead, that home run came up just short. A three-run home run by Matt Olson was not an all-time great Braves moment. It's a moment to grind your teeth. Think like, oh, if only we just held one of those rallies along the way, it would have been a tie game. So, big, big event going on for the defending World Series champions as they're facing Zach Wheeler tomorrow. My cousin Dave, who uh, is a rabid New York Mets fan, sent me a text. I'm going to read the text, Dave. I hope I get permission to do this. Hey, it's David Samuel Blaine. Uh, he's in the chat if you're uh, following us on on YouTube. I'll get to you a second there, David. I'm reading a text from my cousin, David. Uh, he said, I have to get used to the new reality of the Major League postseason. The Phillies finished 14 games back, went four and six in their final 10 games, and yet here we are watching them club their opponent. Now, I understand what Dave is talking about here. You had two teams over 100 wins, and the Phillies were the team that just barely snuck into the postseason. And it's the Phillies who have put themselves in a position. You know, one NL East team is in great position to find themselves in the National Championship Series, and it's not either team that won 101 games. That's weird. 
And if you're sitting there, you're the Mets, you're grinding your teeth. You're sitting here, you're the Brewers, and you're grinding your teeth as the Brewers finished one game behind Philadelphia, who, if they can pull off a win this afternoon, would be in the catbird seat to find themselves in the National League Championship Series. If the Phillies make the NLCS while the Mets and the Braves sit at home, that would expose a potential tiny flaw in the postseason that would make the regular season seem more and more useless. Now, I thought a narrative was building up for the day because when the Phillies took the big old lead and hung on against the defending champion Braves, and then Verlander wet the bed for Houston, I started seeing, oh, maybe this could be the new sort of reality of Major League Baseball postseason, that it would be a disadvantage to avoid the wild card round because you had the Astros and the Braves were the first two teams to come back from their bye. And it looked like the starting pitchers looked awful. And it looked like the teams that played in the division in the uh, wild card series round, Philadelphia and Seattle, seemed sharper. They seemed more fresh. And even though neither one of them were starting a particularly very good starter, they were able to survive beating a much better uh, team and potentially open up a pathway to the league championship series where the visiting team, the team that actually had to play the extra series had that advantage. And I started thinking, Oh man, is this going to be a thing where teams want to avoid getting the buy because you come up so stale. And then Jordan Alvarez came up and said, Hey, I have an idea. Why don't we just end all that nonsense of wanting to avoid getting a buy and why don't we just make uh, make the fans in Houston quite happy? Now, there was a little bit of craziness going on. And as it turns out, the, uh, the Mariners tried to roll the dice and bring in defending Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray, who didn't pitch particularly great against the Toronto Blue Jays, to come in and get the final out against Jordan Alvarez. And Alvarez wound up hitting a three-run home run, just like Matt Olson hit a three-run home run in the ninth inning. But there's a big difference. Matt Olson's team was down by four. Alvarez's team was down by two. And so I believe, I could be wrong, I'll have to look this up, but I believe this is only the third time a playoff game has ended with a come-from-behind walk-off homer. And... uh if that's the case, it's, I think it's Kirk Gibson and Joe Carter. Now, there may be another one, but they, when the ball was coming to Alvarez, the team was one out away from losing, and then boom. Boom, boom, boom. And suddenly, the Astros just stunned the Mariners. The, everything was going right for the Mariners. Everything was going right. They didn't have the great pitching, but the bullpen uh, you know, was doing the job. And they got, you know, it, it was just, well, one of them, uh, Munoz didn't pitch particularly well. But, you know, they they rallied for the Astros rallied with two runs in the eighth and three in the ninth. But, you know, 
Rodriguez got on base three times with a double and a triple. And then Crawford hit that big home run. And Raleigh got, again, a big hit. But here we go. Astros look really good. Astros look very, very, very good. And Alvarez got three hits, drove in five of the Astros' eight runs. And here we are. Here we are. And when we come back from this little break here, I just want to talk to you about the fact that the Yankees and the Dodgers are answering some of their critics, especially the way the Yankees had played down the stretch. But I want to talk right now about Roan. It's not just a river in Switzerland anymore. You know, I sometimes have a little bit of trouble having comfortable dress shirts, having the ones that, you know, you feel good about wearing, whether you're at work or whether you're doing an activity or going outside. And do you know what? It's time to talk about the Roan commuter shirt, one that you can wear at work or doing an activity elsewhere. The dress shirt was due for radical reinvention. Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt, shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathing ability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to 18 holes of golf. And Lord knows I play my share of golf. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. The commuter shirt can get you through any day of work and straight to whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash LockedOn and use promo code LockedOn to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R. H-O-N-E dot com slash lockdown. Use code lockdown. It's time to find your corner office comfort. You know, before the Yankees started their series with the Guardians, I made a couple of, uh, uh, you know, a couple of points. And by the way, I see the beautiful child and David Samuel Blaine are sending me messages in the text. I'll get to you guys. I swear I'm not ignoring you. I'm going to cover some of your questions in the final segment. I just want to say that before the Yankees-Guardian series began, I said there's a couple of factors that will tip the series one way or another. And I said whoever wins game one is probably going to win the series. I did not agree with starting Garrett Cole in game one. He has shown he's come up small in some big games and I thought Nestor Cortez Jr. would be a better way to go. Also, I think it's clear that if the Yankees want to win the series, they have to, have to, did I mention have to have someone other than Aaron judge contributing offensively. We've seen this happen this year. There are times when the Yankees offense uh, sputtered, and the only the only remotely usable hitter has been Judge in some of those situations. They needed someone other than Judge to to do the job. And Garrett Cole, cross your fingers, close your eyes, and hope he doesn't wet the bed. Well, give Cole credit; he let up that home run to Quan early on, and then 
Cleveland loaded the bases with one out, and it looked like he was on the ropes. It looked like the Guardians were going to get a big hit, and this was going to be that one inning that called spirals out. But he got out of it. He got out of it. And then Harrison Bader hit the home run to tie it, and then they rallied to take the lead, and then Anthony Rizzo hit the home run, and then there really wasn't any offense the rest of the way. You know, they, they really didn't have any offense the rest of the way. And the the Guardians lost 4-1 to one to the Yankees. If you're a Yankee fan, you've got to feel really good about what happened tonight. You got good Cole. You've got people. I mean, Judge had a, had a, a he was a non-factor. Struck out a few times. And the Yankees were able to, uh, to work around a kind of error. And the utter confusion of Josh Donaldson having that ball ricochet off the top of the wall where everyone thought it was a home run. And as it turned out, it was a, you know, it, it, it was, it bounced into play. Donaldson went into the home run track, got tagged out. That looked like that was going to be a moment where, oh boy, Yankees are going to wet the bed. Give Kiner Falefa some credit. When he got that hit, and it was botched in right field. He went first to third, and I was able to score on a sack fly. So Yankee fans, be happy that they got production from Kiner Falefa, for goodness sakes. The home run from Anthony Rizzo. The home run from Harrison Bader. And maybe you've got good Garrett Cole this time. you got Nestor Cortez. Now, there's a day off today, and then they play the next day, but they may not even play the next day because the weather's supposed to be garbage, which does work a little bit against the Yankees because that allows Shane Bieber to have uh, one more day of rest. But that being said, there was a potential nightmare that could have happened to the Yankees if Cleveland got the big hit with the bases loaded. They didn't, and the Yankees are still in very good shape. Meanwhile, you have the Dodgers. So the Dodgers came out hot with a Trey Turner home run, Urias looking good on the mound, Clevenger letting up big hit after big hit. Dodgers went up five to nothing. Now, Will Myers and Manny Machado and the Padres, they did manage to make it interesting. They made it five to three. And the Padres' bullpen was excellent. But the fact of the matter is this. The Dodgers have the Padres' number. The Dodgers want to win this. Obviously, all the teams want to win it, but there's, there's a certain mission that's going on with this Dodger team. And they just look better. They just look better. Now, the Dodgers play again, and, and the final score was 5-3. to three. And, you know, give the Padres credit. They kept the Dodgers off the scoreboard after the third. They turned it into a game. They got the, the go-ahead run was up at the plate late in the game. But in the end, Chris Martin got the save. And good on Dave Roberts for something, too. Dave Roberts left uh, Kimbrell off of the playoff roster. Kimbrough wasn't very good down the stretch. Kimbrough wasn't an effective starter, uh, uh, closer, I meant to say. And if they're not going to use him. They're not going to go by the tyranny of the save or by thinking like, oh, well, he's an experienced closer. you got to go with him. No, no. You're going to mix and match the way that they should. And Chris Martin got the save. And with that, the Dodgers held serve and have the home field advantage. And we'll go on. And you have a tremendous pitching matchup tomorrow with you Darvish versus Clayton Kershaw. Now, Darvish is the Padres' best hope 
to sneak a win in. And yes, I know people roll their eyes about Kershaw and he has a, let's be, you know, I'll just say he has a checkered postseason past. But I just think the Dodgers are in complete control of this. And those are the two games we have today. We have Wheeler pitching against Wright in the afternoon game as the Phillies want to take a 2 nothing lead over the defending champs. And the Dodgers, well, they're throwing Kershaw against Darvish. If the Braves lose tomorrow, this is just going to open up a pathway to the World Series through Los Angeles that, quite frankly, I don't see anyone stopping, no matter how much energy they use. And if they use all this energy, they're going to need something to replenish that energy. And let me tell you something. When I feel like I need to, oh, I don't know, make myself a little more energetic and find myself in a situation where I need to get that added boost, that's when I grab a Built Bar. That's right. I got my Built Bar right here. This is my favorite flavor of Built Bars. My favorite flavor of Built Bar is the raspberry because it's covered in 100% chocolate. Raspberry is my favorite flavor. I like that tanginess that goes along with it. But there's new flavors coming out. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of such a great Built Bar. There's a new flavor. Indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate, and it's fantastic. The cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Oh, they're so good. Real cookie dough chunks rivals the raspberry and all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. And it's healthy for you. Now, cookie dough chunk puff have only 160 calories. They have a whopping 16 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com and snag a box for you and your family. It'll be the perfect treat. Or you can have a really good hiding place to keep it for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with light, fluffy texture. It's so good. That's what's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and it's good for you. Now, you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk buff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories and fat and sugar. Get yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order from Built.com. Okay, let's take a look at some of the things that are being put in here. Some of the some borderline non sequiturs. The beautiful child is here. How you doing, beautiful child? Uh, he's, t- he's asked me if uh, Joey Votto was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't know about first ballot. I think that it's uh, is going to be uh, – he's going to eventually get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, maybe my buddy David Samuel Blaine says uh, Dodgers are now in playoffs for the NLDS Championship Series. Yeah, I think that if – they win this game, and the Phillies manage to eliminate the Braves. There is an absolute clear path for the Dodgers to get all the way back to the World Series. So um, there you go. Um, Jacob Degrom is absolutely, truly highest paid New York Mets pitcher. Sully, well, m- maybe not per year though. Scherzer is uh, Scherzer's annual salary is going to be higher. Um, beautiful child asked me, "What do you think about the Mets?" 
Uh, I think they, uh, I think that they had a, a wonderful season, and I think they came up just short. I will not call it a choke because you won 101 games and you play great baseball down the stretch. I can't call that a choke just because one team uh, plays at an unreal clip. Uh, the beautiful child says the Yankees might lose this season, they, this series. They might. If Bieber pitches well, then they get the home field advantage. And then all Cleveland has to do is win both games at home. So we'll see. Um, and then you have a uh, uh, beautiful child says, let Judge walk and trade for Otani. I mean, I'm sorry. You talk about the Yankees trading for Otani. They have big prospects to do that. No, they don't. No, they don't. They're not going to trade Otani. Not right now. And if the Yankees had those prospects, they would currently be playing in the major leagues because that's what the Angels would want. They would want major league-ready players. And the Yankees are going to trade anyone like that. So if you have images of Otani uh, being traded to the Yankees, I think you're crazy. If he becomes a free agent, maybe. But I don't know. It's funny, you know, Judge had a year, had a historic season where he's inevitably going to win the MVP. And people are casually saying, let him walk. Just let him walk. Well, he hasn't contributed much, but do you know what? He, the slack has been picked up. And quite frankly, it looks like some of the teams dust themselves off. We're going to see what happens tomorrow. If the Phillies can continue to put the pressure on the Braves, then we may not see back-to-back championships in the National League for the first time since the Reds of, 77, of 75 and 76. The Dodgers look so good. And the Yankees look like the Yankees from the first half of the season again instead of the team that was stumbling and bumbling through October and the Astros. Yikes! If they can win a game where they weren't leading at any point of the game and Justin Verlander, their Cy Young contender, looked bad and still walk away with a W, it's looking good to be an Astros fan. But, hey, thanks so much for listening. For the, let's see if there's anything left in the uh, the comment session to talk about. Uh, the Beautiful Child is just talking about uh, – uh, I talked about Buck Showalter and the Joe Musgrove thing. I think it was showmanship. Buck needed to do something to try to slow him down. I don't blame him. Uh, are the San Francisco Giants going to get Aaron Judge? Maybe. Maybe. I can't see the Yankees letting him walk. I just can't. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a nine, 10 year deal, but I can't see him walking and, and maybe, you know, I could be wrong, but in the end, the Yankees are a very sentimental organization. All right. But I'm a sentimental podcaster and I need to get a little bit of rest tonight because we got two more games coming tomorrow. We're going to see how everything unfolds. So go to lockdown and MLB pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully baseball on Twitter, Sully baseball podcast on Instagram talking about Game one of the division series. We got four games that were in the can today. It was a lot of fun. This has been Locked On MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.